28 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast. I'm your host, Jevin Lefebvre, a part of the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Today, I'm joined by a fellow hustler, Kyler Donaldson, one of two hosts from the Burst Your Bubble podcast. Kyler, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing, man? It's a pleasure to be here, man. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Uh, couldn't be more excited to talk hoops, to talk whatever else we get into, um, but hopefully a lot of hoops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just how how you been lately? Like, what have you been up to? You're coming, you're uh, from Oklahoma, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's Oklahoma, it like? So, but it's, well, it, you know, it is, it's, it's like hell. Um, it is exactly like hell. I would, that's how I would describe it to anyone who ever asks what Oklahoma, what Oklahoma is like. Um, I'm going to school here, so, so hopefully I'll get out pretty soon. Hopefully learning an internship pretty soon with Blue Bar. Shout out Kevin Jones. But um, uh, yeah, man, that's uh, pretty much all I'm doing. You work as a bartender, uh, just hanging out, dude, watching basketball all day. It's, just, it's what I love to do. That's sweet, man. I'm assuming you've been keeping up with the March Madness. And all oh, that yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was the second, the second greatest college game ever, huh? In that the- Final Four game. Yeah, the UCLA Gonzaga game that was wild. Let's talk about that for a sec, because Gonzaga that was kind of the first sort of adversity they've had all season, mm. and they were in a position where they their losing streak could have ended for like just over a year. I think their last loss was February twentieth of twenty twenty, so they've gone. They've been winning just like for more than a year. And UCLA, they had like a stranglehold on them. And then there were some there were some calls in there that could have gone 50-50. And I think at the stage of what the game was at, I think it was in a position where you just like don't call it, don't ruin anything. But I know it played yeah. a pretend like a key part in the game. So Let's talk about one the Jalen Suggs sequence. Well, yeah. So, so the guy from UCLA misses the floater, gets his own rebound, and puts it back in. I mean, I said this on our podcast last night. The entire country thought that we're headed headed into overtime, except yeah. for Jalen Suggs. I yeah, mean, Jalen Suggs <laughs> grabbed the ball with two and a half seconds left, and he had every intention of ending that ball game, and he did from forty feet. Yeah, that's absolutely wild. Just like something. You can't – usually when you have a trajectory, when you're looking behind the player, you can kind of see, oh, that's money. But when you have a the view that basically the TV shows you, you don't mm-hmm. know what line that basketball is on. So, like, you have no idea if it's even close uh, to going in until yeah, it, it does. And it slammed off the glass too. Yeah, that had – that was a shot that Gordon Hayward wanted to hit. When he just gets uh, <laughs> by like an inch. Yeah, exactly. You know? You're exactly right. Yeah, had the that's had great, the same pace call. and had the same pace and everything. Like, yeah, it went in hard off the glass. Any harder than that thing was no chance of going in. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it would have went in. I think UCLA yeah. would have won the game. Yeah, we, we would have had it. We would have went to overtime anyway. So, but um, the Jalen Suggs block at the rim and then the so, wild dude. bounce pass. What are your? Uh, I want to hear your input on. Should that it have been show, a foul? 
Well, I don't think it should have been a foul, but I think it shows how much of a hooper Jalen Suggs is. I mean, yeah. it, it it impressed me even more with Jalen Suggs because out there with a hurt hand, uh, you know, he was the camera was playing up a hurt hand anyway. I'm not sure if it, how hurt it actually was, but to make two key plays like that in the last minute and a half of a, of a final four game, potentially with a hurt hand, I mean, Jalen Suggs, I think he rose up, rose up a lot of draft boards. Yeah, no, hundred percent, especially with how like just how much of an athlete he is, because he was he was Mister Football, Mister Basketball in his in his home state, which mm-hmm. I can't give you because I don't I don't know, but no. I'm sure. But yeah, he was. That just shows you like how much of an absolute athlete he is. And then I think it was after the Jalen Suggs block because that kind of got Gonzaga mm-hmm. momentum. And then I think it was Timmy. He took a charge. Yeah, he did. And there was some speculation, like, was that a charge or was that a block? Like, who knows these days, right? And But safe to say, I think UCLA deserved to win, but I also think Gonzaga, they battled through adversity that they've – the first time adversity has gotten to them and they found a way to win. So I think – no one would have been mad if either team won, but right for sure. But I and I think that actually shows you know then when Gonzaga goes on to get blown out by Baylor in the national championship, that shows just that you know Oklahoma State is the greatest team in the nation. <laughs> it's obvious we're the last team to beat Baylor. We beat him like two weeks ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I saw this um, Twitter thread, and it was like. Uh, Gonzaga lost to Baylor. Baylor lost to this team, so that means this team's better than Gonzaga. That kind of thing, and it was like this whole chain of events. And it was like, yeah, so it was safe to say Wisconsin is the best team in the nation because they beat Oklahoma or some well, some like that. Alabama gets to claim all those national championships from like 1930s. So like, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and claim this one for Oklahoma State. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I totally, I'm totally with you. But so. uh you have your own podcast, Burst Your Bubble. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's an awesome podcast. And I wanted to ask you, like, how did it start? How did it come about? What were the building blocks of Burst Your Bubble? Where did the first idea come? Like, take it away. So so me and my buddy Josh, uh, we pretty much just sat on the phone every night and talked. Talked sports. Um, talked about what's going on, mainly in sports. We didn't talk to any politics. His day job has to do with the politics side of the world so we i don't try and steer clear of any any of any of all any and all of that um so we talk sports almost every day and then one day we just decided to record it um and about three days after we decided to start recording our conversations um rudy gobert decided to touch all the microphones and shut down the nba so yeah (laughs) our third episode featured no sports um so episodes three through i think 30 were just zero sports we're just we're just sitting there bantering talking about whatever we could talk about for 40 to 40 minutes to an hour and you know it probably got 12 listens an episode but and they're hot we were probably most of those me and josh listening to it listening to it over and over and if i were to go back now and listen i would cringe my ass off i mean they're so bad But it's it, they were reps. They get me to yeah. where I am now. They get you the connections that, you know, the cold DMs you send, you get better at, you know, learning at what people want to see in their DMs and things like that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
and it really is it it's led us to where where i am right now talking to you part of blue wire a amazing group in blue wire hustle oh unreal um, and you would talk a little bit a little bit about blue wire hustle yeah i well i was gonna just kind of let you flow and then i was gonna ask you kind of how you came across blue wire hustle and like kind of yeah. getting into it because i got it from uh veterans minimum i listen to that like religiously and it's part of blue wire um nick deus he gave an ad read about blue wire hustle and this is when i was like just starting and i was like do you know what i'll be paying this i'll be paying less so, yeah. money than what i'm doing right now on the host platform i'm using and i only get six hours a month and like 99 mm -hmm. percent of the time i'm going over so i'm like why don't i give this a try ty dm'd me on twitter he's like I don't know if you've gotten your email, but you've been accepted, blah, 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 blah. And the rest is history. But so how did you come across Blue Wire Hustle? So I was actually I was actually in the first batch of Blue Wire Hustlers and uh, we're the kind of the test group. And I was I was actually real, I, I you know, I'm, people call it thirsty. You can call it whatever you want. But I was in Kevin Jones DMs months ago. I mean, probably a year ago, uh, Ty's DMs, Tyler Chin's DMs, you know, asking them, hey, what can I do to get in this get in this media journalism career this is what i want to do for a living and they finally reached out and they said hey we've got this blue wire hustle we're starting up we want your podcast to be part of it we like what you're doing at blue at burst your bubble so we're already at anchor so we just moved all our episodes over to blue wire hustle um we're probably 30 episodes in or 40 episodes in at the time i think um and since then we've we've pretty much tripled our growth that's awesome dude that's amazing to hear and the connections that you make are mm. absolutely unreal like for example, like me reaching out to you, I've uh, gotten together with Emma and Patrick from the Did You Hear podcast. Emma's great. Oh, she's she's amazing. Like they're Emma and Patrick, they both are extremely outgoing people, like 10 out of 10 guests. Right. And I had John Grimaldi. Unfortunately, I couldn't air the episode because of audio problems. And all it took was a computer update and that would have fixed the problem. But unfortunately i didn't know that mm -hmm. so that's technology for you but living you learn no like there's so many unreal personalities in this program i honestly couldn't be happier to be a part of it and and to just think that you know in inside the discord is uh someone like kevin jones who's had the insight to to come and create something like this uh, you know it, it really does inspire you to hustle yeah exactly so what kind of got you into sports? Like, was there a certain player or play or team that kind of yeah. like moment? Steve Nash, Steve Nash. He got me. Um, I, I remember turning on it or I guess baseball. I mean, I, I guess when I was just a little, little kid, Chipper Jones, Atlanta Braves teams, um, I mean, into sports, then Steve Nash got me into basketball. And since then, I mean, that got me, that led right into the Thunder teams that were good in the early 2010s. Um, you know, really like the 08 through 2012 um, Thunder teams just really sucked me in. And ever since then, I've just been trying to work my way into this career. Steve Nash, he's uh, kind of grew up over in my territory up in British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, so, he did. He did. So I'm not going to take credit or anything for success. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I can say I'm a part of it, right? It's in the, it's in the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wanted to – we're a couple weeks past 
and I know it's delayed, but it was supposed to be a little bit more recent. But NBA trade deadline, it was it kind of started off a bit slow leading up to mm. it. There's a lot of speculation on if Kyle Lowry is going to be moved. What's Oladipo's deal? I I know he wants out of Houston. Aaron Gordon requested out of Orlando. Drummond's bought out. Oladipo's bought out. Like, what's going to happen? There's going to be a lot of moving pieces. P.J. Tucker wanted out of Houston as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, why wouldn't they? Because they're an absolute travesty without James Harden. It's absolutely crazy. So there's a lot of suspense leading up to it. And kind of started off slow, but near the final hours of it, it started. it really started to pick up heat. What was your overall thoughts on the – moves that happened on trade deadline and then we'll kind of get into the specific ones that kind of stood out to us so i'll kind of i'll just go ahead and pick one that's specific to me because it's a pun that you just made the uh, the heat i mean the heat picking up victor oladipo and what they've done over the past two years to get victor oladipo and jimmy butler for basically nothing yeah i mean pat, pat riley is at an all-time high exactly they got oladipo who at full health can be an all NBA type of player, and they didn't give up any sort of young assets. They gave up Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk, and uh, like, come on, like that's ridiculous. And people were judging anybody basing Victor Oladipo based on what they saw in the bubble last year are absolute idiots. That was yeah. an that was an out of shape, fresh off of a broken hand, whatever it was, injury. That was not an Oladipo who should have been in that bubble playing basketball. He was out there to support his teammates for the PR. I mean, Oladipo is an all-star. Oladipo almost knocked LeBron out in the first round. Yeah, 100%. He's a huge piece. And it's amazing how many times a player like that has been bounced around because he was on – what? He was on – uh, Before that, he was on Orlando, no? Yeah, he was on, he was on Orlando. He was drafted by Orlando. You're right. Yeah, he drafted by Orlando. Then he got traded or something. I don't know who for. I'm not going to make a mistake, but mm-hmm. then he got traded to OKC, correct? And then he got traded yep. to Indiana, Indiana mm-hmm. for the, in the Paul George trade. And then now he got shipped to Houston, which was basically just a money dump kind of thing. Like it was a whole crazy thing. He wanted out and he's finally happy where he's wanted to be his whole career in Miami. So, and, so let's, let's talk about the Heat for a second now. Um, yeah. Uh, are they the second best team in the East? I really think they can compete for the East. 100%. So I, I'm going to disagree um, because of the Nets. Uh, like I said earlier, my name is Kyler Donaldson. My initials are KD. So yeah. So I guess my favorite player. And uh, we could talk about the moves they made over the past couple of weeks. Then the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think they have run away with this conference, and I think the race is for second place. I, I think I think I took your uh, question kind of differently. You said, can you, they okay. compete for the East? I think they can be competitive in okay, the top gotcha. half of the East. I think it's Brooklyn's conference to, to lose. Like, I think it, they're only going to get in their own way if they don't win it. But I think in terms of top three teams in the East, I really think that they can fight with, like, Milwaukee. They were in eighth place at the trade deadline, and then they bumped up to fourth. So they're right there with Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and, I mean, Brooklyn's kind of on their own path. But they're right there. I think they're really built to make a run. 
And as you know, and as much was made about the Drew Holiday addition in Milwaukee, I mean, as much as they gave up for him, as, as I think should have been the bigger story, but I just don't think they've gotten much better. Uh, and as as much as Giannis may have gotten a little bit better as well, I mean, the three-point shot still isn't there. His free throw numbers still aren't there. I mean, I think I would even, in a seven-game series, I, w- I would definitely take the heat again again over the Bucks. I, I think they're extremely deep. They're starting Ross. Their starting lineup alone, like, is lights. Absolutely. Like, you got yeah. Dragic, who basically is just a facilitator. You got Jimmy Butler. You got Victor Oladipo. You got Bam. And then you got the two white shooters who can absolutely splash in Duncan Robinson and mm-hmm. Tyler Hero. That is a very well built team and they're like deep enough to really make a threat to anybody in my opinion i completely agree another trade that really kind of stood out to me that took me by surprise was vucevic to the bulls i didn't know that vucevic was like even a player that was thought to be traded because of Hmm. he's a very not necessarily flashy player. He's more of like yeah. an old school big man type of guy, but he can provide some solidity in the paint. And he can also kind of stroke from three if he really wants to. He's not going to playmaker as well. Yeah. He's not going to be like a step back three Steph Curry type of guy. But like if he is open, he's going to take the shot. I think he, and he's a poor, he's a, he's a poor man's Nikola Jokic. Yes. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Were you kind of, um, uh, taken back by the trade i was because i guess it's the bulls attempt on them trying to buy in on making the playoffs i guess yeah. to kind of see that i mean you know they, they see you know, now that we, we just need to be in the top 10 to get in the play in maybe that we see that the knicks are sitting there at the eight seed you know the the hornets are at the six seed it's like well maybe we can if we can get if we can get just one more guy if we can get a guy or, or a second guy or a third guy then to go alongside, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. or Zach Levine, then maybe we can compete or solidify that seven or eight seed. And I think that's all they're trying to do is sell playoff tickets. Do you think it was worth the haul? Like what they was gave the haul? A, what all did they give they, you? They gave, um, so if I'm not mistaken, they got Vucevic and another Aminu. Pretty sure they got Vucevic okay. and Aminu, and they gave up Wendell Carter and two firsts. Now, in the NBA, two first-round picks, there's only two rounds. So those first-round picks are quite valuable. And I don't think the Bulls are necessarily in a position where they're going to finish at the top of the Eastern yeah. Conference or top of the league every single year. So those are going to be valuable first-round picks, at least in the top 20. I think I think I you're think. correct about that. So and, and and Wendell Carter's a solid player. So do you think all that yeah. was worth for um what they got? I guess it was just kind of them giving up on Wendell Carter Jr. I, I, that would be my assumption. I, I, it would be, it would be my guess that they think Vucevic is worth as much as Wendell Carter Jr. and another player they could bring in in the draft. And, and I wouldn't say I disagree with him. I mean, Vucevic is a very solid player. He has been in his career in in Orlando, and I'm excited to see him on a competitive team with a real competitor like Zach Levine. Yeah, I I think Zach Levine's a real gamer. 
Like he's out there to he's I feel like he's ha- had a chip on his shoulder his whole career. Yeah. Even like prior to coming into the league, I feel like he's had a, he just ha- gives off that pedigree. Mm-hmm. And he wants nothing. He wants to do nothing but win. And Laurie Markkinen, he's an unreal stretch player, like a stretch power, stretch forward. He just needs to stay healthy. And if he can do that, then I think the Bulls can be really effective. Do you think they gave up all gave up all of those like the two picks and Wendell Carter for Vucevic because they know he's proven? Do you think I, that plays think- a big part of it? I think I think originally it was going to be one pick. I don't think they wanted to give the second pick. Um, I think I think they were in the last hour, in the last second, talked in the second pick. Uh, I'd imagine it was very tough to give away two picks and Wendell Carter Jr. for for Vujovic. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think you're right on that. I think it is because he has proven his he's proven that he is he's I mean he's won a playoff game before at least. It's more than most of the Bulls can say. Yeah, I I think, I think all the Bulls could say. No, I think Vucevic is a solid player. He just like he provides stability just in the paint. You know, he he can kind of do everything, right? So I think uh, he can really, if he starts to mesh with the team, then I really think they can uh, catapult themselves in the playoffs. But. They're two and four since the trade, and I don't really think that's necessarily the start that they wanted. But do you think it can catapult them into playoffs? And the Bulls, they have one, two in a row. So, I mean, I, I, would, I would say yes. I, I, again, like we talked about earlier, you just have to get in that top ten, you know, so to, to get in that play-in. So, so just to get in that play-in, I think, I think, yeah, they've done enough. And, and sadly, I think it's going to keep your Raptors out of it. Or I'm not sure if you're a Raptors fan, but up in your part of the country. Yeah, I, I like to follow the Raptors. I have kind of, um, see, I'm a Canucks fan, and mm. I've always been against the Leafs and kind of the city of Toronto. So I'm in a spot where I don't want to be – I have nothing against tr- the Raptors. Like, absolutely, <laughs> like, nothing. They didn't do anything to me. Right. Like, nothing. It's just Toronto media sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, they're really, like, the center of attention. And it's kind of given me a bad image on Toronto. So, I like I like the rapper, Raptors. It's just they have that – stigma around toronto media and it annoys me in a way but i was just because of past experiences but i do like the raptors they're not necessarily playing the way they wanted to this season especially after the van fleet contract that they gave in the off season i completely agree that was a weird contract and i'm the same way with the heat the heat i mean the, the heat fans bro on twitter it's the propaganda machine that they just feed out constantly it's nonstop with Heat fans. Just we're the best team in the East. We're so underrated. Bam is the best. Bam is the best defender in the league. Bam deserves MVP. Yeah. And it's like it's nonstop with Heat fans. And I feel like I feel like you're you have the same sentiment with Raptor fans. See, Raptors fans aren't even the worst. And I'll be the first to admit it. Canucks fans are the worst fans on sports social media. I will be the first one to admit that. I personally am not like the rest. But 
we are absolutely brutal to people because we are a passionate hockey market. And whenever something sl- slightly goes wrong, we are on their ass. And it's absolutely unfair. We, mm. like, I'll be, Canucks fans suck. Like, we are, like we're, at, we're ruthless on Twitter and also, all sorts of media. Raptors fans aren't even bad. Toronto fans, like, Maple Leafs fans are okay. But it's more like the general Toronto media surrounding the Toronto teams that kind of blow everything out of proportion and they're like this is the most important story and it was like a goal that austin matthews scored in practice and it was like is this really a talking point that we need to talk about for 15 minutes yeah it's it's like it's that sort of stuff i have nothing against the team it's the media that's given me a bad opinion on the team Mm. you know i I, I completely feel where you're coming from and I transitioned from a, from an OKC fan to a Knicks fan in about 2011, 2012. The Knicks tape days, the J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, yeah. Tasha Chandler, Jason Kidd, Carmelo Stoudemire. Manny, you know, yeah, Stoudemire punching yeah. the fire extinguisher. You know, we were, <laughs> we were, I, was, I was all there for it. And uh, I completely see where you're coming from with that sentiment because it was just every single little, little detail in any type of story would become the headline on the front page. Yeah, so I um nothing against the Raptors. I do like the Raptors. I was really happy they won the championship. It was just the small sorts of media coverage that surrounds Toronto is like kind of gets me sometimes. But putting that aside, yeah, I don't even know where we were at. We went on a huge tangent. But yeah. Anyways, let's let's talk let's talk talk about one more stretch four that got traded. Aaron Gordon. Yeah, Aaron Gordon. I like. I think that's you, huge you, for me. I think that's the biggest trade in the that's been made. I mean, uh, you can argue the Oladipo, uh, you know, in the long run, but I think in such a conference that's so open, especially if if um, Anthony Davis is injured, adding a guy like Aaron Gordon to an already such a dangerous squad in the in the Denver Nuggets, I think that puts them over the top to win the conference. Yeah, I. I had this talk earlier and I really think this is an important trade for Gordon himself because he finally goes to a team where he's not the focal point of the offense because to me personally, I don't think he has the skill set to be the guy. I think he's a really good third or fourth piece on a road on a starting lineup. He's extremely athletic. He can get to the rim and stuff like that. But now he goes to a situation where he can relax. He can be like, hey, I just need to, I just need to do, I have one or two responsibilities to really help this team out. I don't have to score a rebound, dish it out. I don't have to be the facilitator because he's not, I don't think he really had that skill set. So now he goes to a situation where Jokic is, the facilitator from the paint. You got Jamal Murray. You got Michael Porter Jr. You got mm-hmm. you got a bunch of ballers on the team. And Aragorn just comes into a situation where he's like, "Hey, I can just, I can just relax and just kind of play like street ball, and try to like chip in here and there and like and catch relax. amazing lobs from Jokic. I mean, can you imagine yeah. the lobs he's going to be catching from? Because he's yeah. the third option now. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's a that's that is my team. To, uh, so I have the Suns. 
I had the Suns coming out of the West, but just because oh. I love Devin Booker and Chris Paul so much. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I think Chris Paul, I think, you know, this is his, if he doesn't do it, do it this year, make it to the finals this year, then he never will. Yeah. And so I, and I don't trust the Clippers at all. The Clippers are frauds. And if AD is injured, then the, the, the West is wide open and the Jazz are frauds as well. Uh, just to get that out there. No, I definitely think Chris Paul could be like a dark horse MVP this year mm. because he catapulted the same Suns team from last year, who, by the way, went on an 8 0 run in the bubble and still didn't make it in. So I just think that's how much like they weren't really in a position to be in the playoffs last year. But they took he took that team and now they're second in the West. Mm-hmm. So like Chris Paul, like he's he hasn't necessarily like been jumped out at you on the stat sheet, but I mean just he's obviously the missing piece that they needed. Yeah. Speaking of missing pieces, um Let's talk about another trade. Rajon, Rajon Rondo getting shipped to the Clippers. Um, this was kind of surprising to me. Me too. And, I agree with you. And so the problem I have with the Clippers, so I'll tell you why they're frauds. None of their players know how to pass the ball. All <laughs> of their players know how to score the ball very well. All of them. Very well. Very good at scoring the ball. Same thing with the Hawks. The Hawks have amazing scores from Bogdan to Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. Then you don't even mention Trey Young. Yeah. Why the fuck do we need Lou Williams too? Yeah. <laughs> what are we like? What are we doing? Are we playing? The, are we playing twenty one? Are we playing basketball? Yeah. The, I think this is a pretty big move for the Clippers. I thought it was a big haul yeah. for Rondo, but I think Rondo brings in kind of like. He's just a solid piece. You know, he can kind of be the glue guy in the starting lineup. He doesn't have to do any – he doesn't have to be like 2011 Rondo. He, has, he doesn't have to – He has to be 2021 Rondo. He has yeah. to be the Rondo from the bubble. Yeah, he just needs to be like – he just needs to facilitate. Get Kawhi Leonard going. Get Paul George coming off the screens. Like Just like get people going. And they just got Boogie Cousins too, so we'll see mm. if that works out. But I think – they needed a guy like Rondo because they didn't really have that guy. Oh, I had no idea the Nuggets got JaVale McGee as well. That's huge. Yeah. Just kind of uh <laughs> the Nuggets just have every big guy in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. They're gonna be good. So Jeff Teague, has he been picked up yet? Uh I'm not he, too sure. He was waived because he was he was in that deal. Um, for Evan Fourier that the, the Celtics ended up getting, and he was waived in that deal um, when he got to the Magic. So that's definitely a, a name to be signed in the buyout market for sure. And uh, speaking of the buyout market, let's talk about the best team in the world. Picking up LaMarcus Aldridge, the Brooklyn and, Nets. And Blake Griffin. I mean, yeah, yeah and Blake Griffin. And Blake Griffin in the yeah. buyout market. So, so I mean, uh, tell me your thoughts on, that, on those moves. You see – they aren't the players that they used to be. And Blake Griffin had an excellent soundbite. And he said, like this is when he was on the Pistons, he's like, everyone was saying that I suck, that 
I don't know how to dunk. I lost my ability to dunk because I, I don't think he like made a dunk in like a year or something. Yeah. He, yeah, like he sucks. He's washed. He's old. He doesn't know how to play basketball anymore. He signs with the Nets and now everyone thinks that it's unfair. The Nets are too overpowered. Um, commissioner has to stop it. Like all that sorts of stuff. And he's like, you guys are now just flipping the tables. I thought I sucked. Why would it matter if I signed with the Nets? I thought that was hilarious. But I think, I mean, why not? Like, I think it's I think it's crazy just what kind of league this is. You're, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, and it's like, is there a salary cap in this? Like, I I know they're probably just taking like twenty bucks a game because they just want to yeah. ring, but. I mean, it, I think it's absolutely wild. And Aldridge, he was, what, an all-star like two years ago? Like, it's not like he, he he's probably, that's where his decline is severely starting. It's probably like this year because he's not necessarily having an amazing year. But, I mean, Brooklyn kind of needs a little bit more depth than what they have. And who do they really have at center? They lost. It's true. That's true. It's a great question because lost, I mean, if you watched them yeah. against the Bulls the other day, they kind of got exposed. Yeah, they lost Allen in a trade. I forget mm. what trade it was. I'm pretty sure it was in the Harden. It was. It was in the Harden deal. Yeah. Yeah. So they lost Allen, and he was a huge rim protector. So they got Aldridge, who can maybe kind of revive some of his ability in Brooklyn, and then Blake Griffin is just. I'm sure he's. No one necessarily loses their athletic ability by a ton. So I still think Blake Griffin can really be a piece. Well, he's and, the, he's going to be the fourth best offensive player on the, on the court for the, for their team. Maybe like, dep- depending on the night, fifth. Yeah. And it's like um the Aaron Gordon situation. He doesn't have the pressure on him to do everything. He can he can they literally have Kyrie, Harden and KD. The three best scorers in the league. Or three of the four, wherever you yeah, want to put LeBron yeah, in there. For sure. Or Steph. But th- three out of the f- like th- top th- three out of the top five scorers in the league are on Brooklyn. So Blake Griffin mm-hmm. doesn't have to go in and put up 30 every night to win a game. He can just be like, I'm good with like 15, 5, and 2. I just... Yeah. I just need to play. I just want to get a ring and get the hell out of here. That's all. I think that's all they want to do. I think everyone in Brooklyn is focused on getting a ring. Yeah. I think that's exactly what those moves are made for. And I, and I mean, you know, call it what you want, call it. I was, I was, you know, uh, like I said, I was in Oklahoma city when, when Kevin Durant made his return and I heard all the, I saw all the cupcake signs all day long. I mean, and, and going to class that day, people wearing cupcake shirts. I mean, it was, a big, it was a big deal to make fun of Kevin Durant that day because he decided to go play basketball somewhere else, and which is kind of a, a stupid thing to do. I mean, it, because he made tried because he made a business 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 decision. Um, sure, if you want to make fun of it, if you want to call it weak, do you, that's that's your opinion. You're and then you're entitled to it. But I mean, to criticize it and to say it's unfair, I mean, try and make it on your team, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, an interesting thing I saw about Brooklyn is that a lot of people were still kind of doubting him because of um, James Harden in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily the guy. 
Like he's not the same guy he usually is in regular season. But again, he has if he has an off night, they have KD, Kyrie, Blake Griffin, Aldridge. If KD hasn't yeah, Joe Harris probably you always need that white guy that can shoot a three, right? If so I saw it's a crazy stat. I sent in the stat news about Joe Harris. He's shooting just under 70% effective field goal percentage, which effective field goal percentage counts in twos, threes, and free throws. And he's shooting like just under 70%, which is, is absolutely bonkers. And he's the and all time right now, he's number seven. And he's the only player in the top 50 under six foot ten. That's wild. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. And he's their seventh best player. <laughs> like, I mean, it's are they it? playing fair? Probably not. But I mean, you know, it's NBA. Yeah, it's it's a new era. It's the new era of basketball. Just stack up your players. But what I was kind of saying before is like, with the way Brooklyn's built now, is that their stars can afford to have a bad game because they have other guys to back them up. Like if James Harden has one of his bad playoff games, they have KD, who's what back to back NBA Finals MVP on a fully loaded Golden State team, so he's the best of the best. Like he's proven in the playoffs. Kyrie, he's proven with that shot against the Warriors in the playoffs. Who knows what Blake Griffin and Aldridge can do, but Aldridge can learn from Pop and, and the Spurs. Like they were like a guaranteed like six seed in the West every single year, right? So they've all been they've all been there for sure. Yeah, they've all been there. So if any player has a bad night, they got guys to kind of. Yeah, we got you. Don't worry. It's only their defenses that people kind of worried about. But, I mean. Yeah, but you still to beat them, you still got to score more points than yeah, them. Yeah, their offense is low. They'll put up like 150 points a game, so you need to Easily. score more than that. Yeah. Pretty it's, easily. That's what the, that's the argument me and Josh have all the time. I always have to ask him, Josh, which 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 counts for more, two or three? And yeah, I always have to remind him, you know, three, three points is always, always worth more than two. Yeah. <laughs> Another speaking of the yo, what a segue. It's almost like you knew I wanted to talk about this. But another trade I was very caught on, and I think this is huge for them, is Powell to the Trailblazers. Mm. Because Powell, he's in five games with Portland. Mm-hmm. He's shooting 46% from three, 15 points per game, 30 minutes a game. I love that for them. Norman Powell coming off the is he coming off the bench? I think he started his first game against Toronto. Oh, see, is CJ still out? I think CJ might still be injured. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, that that might make a little more sense. Uh, Norman Powell though, he is not. He's he's a, a champion. I mean, he's he's yeah. an established champion in the league. Another thing I wanted to add in. So he's shooting forty six percent from three in five games with Portland. And I think he's averaging almost 50% from three this season. So he's shooting lights out from three. 10 years ago, Orlando Magic led the NBA with 25.6 three-pointers attempted per game. This year, the Cavs are last in the NBA with 27 and a half. Why are the Cavs taking more threes? <laughs> so that just shows you how important three-point shooting is in the NBA. And they brought in Norman Powell, who's a league leader 
or like he's up there in three point efficiency. Yeah. He's he's a walking bucket, and I th- he's obviously not touted in the league, but he's a guy that can really help your team take the next step, and that's a team like Portland. You know, they just need that extra kick in the ass, so like another piece to just lift them over the edge, provide them some depth off the bench and stuff, yeah. and that's exactly what Powell can do. You're exactly, and just like I said earlier about the Nuggets, you know, this this conference being so wide open, that and in just a run, it just takes a run to get to the finals again. You'll and you'll be there against the Brooklyn Nets, and a team that could very well do it is the Trailblazers with a guy like uh, Damian Lillard who refuses to ever quit, ever lose. I mean, he if there's a guy I would want on my team to just to never back down, to never quit, it's it's Damian Lillard for sure. Yeah, I mean, like there's six in the West, so Lakers are slowly falling with LeBron and AD out. You know, here's the, here's the, here's the thing with, with the standings. With the standings right now, I, I don't like I don't like how everything matches up right now playoff wise because this is the next trade I want to talk about. The Mavs getting Redick and Melly from the Pelicans. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved that for Luka Doncic to have a to have just a knockdown shooter and JJ Redick next to him. And then also Nicola Nicola not not Nicola, Nicolo, Nicolo Melli, Nicolo Melli. <laughs> there we go. Uh, he's a he's a great stretch, kind of a three slash four, I guess you could call him. He's a undersized four uh, or an oversized three, but I, I really love that move for Dallas. And I think if the, I would love, love, love to see them get a first round matchup against the Clippers. Yeah, that would be really fun to watch. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Luca get his revenge. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I think he he was kind of like he was grinding that playoffs. To he was bullied. He just got bullied. Yeah, yeah. And what was it? Um, was it best of five that they played? I and think so. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. It was best of five, and then it went to best mm-hmm. of seven later. Yeah, and wasn't it like three to one? If I'm not mistaken, they yeah they got he, one. He hit, the, he hit the one game winner. Yeah, at the buzzer. So, wasn't it like in Paul George's face too? Or like Kawhi's face? It was a step back over both of them. Yes, it was. (laughs) Paul George can't catch a break for his dame and then now this. That's that's hilarious. But bringing it back to Toronto, like Mm, there's a lot of thought on Kyle Lowry being moved and that he was playing his last game in Toronto. Why didn't they trade him? Because there's a lot of, I think they could have got a lot of assets for him, and he's getting his age is getting up there. I think they need to start rebuilding. Maybe let Freddie kind of put all put the keys into his hands. But like, why do you think they kept Lowry? I mean, well, was the salary a bit too steep? I'm not quite sure on his contract details, and what teams out there really are are looking for a true point guard right now to run their offense. The way that uh, Kyle Lowry would. So the so the, the same question that I asked earlier about Jeff Teague, if he's still if he's still available, um, since the Celtics let him go, how many teams out there right now in the playoff race looking to secure you know even atop the atop the conference, you know the Jazz, the 76ers, even. I mean, I think both of those teams could use a true point guard um, in a Jeff Teague, in a Kyle Lowry. No one. One hundred percent. It's um, I heard like the Sixers were 
really interested in him. And to be honest, I don't necessarily know of any other ones, but that's what I kind of heard. But obviously, I the asking price may have been too steep. But I mean, who knows, man? Who who really knows what's happening behind closed doors? Yeah, and I think I think part of the asking price being a little bit too high for the 76ers has part of the part of um to do with the new GM that the 76ers have brought in in Daryl Morey. I mean, he is a no-nonsense GM. He's I don't think he's ever lost a trade in his life. Yeah, so it's very very interesting to kind of see what happens, but I I really thought that was surprising that they didn't let him go because I really think they could have mm-hmm. retained even some assets to kind of build for the future with like Ananobi, Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam. Like who knows what could have happened? And he's kind of on the tail end. He's like above average thirties, so he's getting up there. But how would you have liked him on the Celtics? I really think the I really think he fit the Celtics well. I think they like to shoot the ball. Kyle Lowry has he's good from three. He's a good facilitator as well, especially for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I think he could have gelled well with like Marcus Smart. You know, I I think he could have fit well on the Celtics to be honest. But I mean, what I don't know if there's any pieces that Celtics were willing to give up because I feel like no. they were kind of asking for some players that weren't touchable from the Celtics. I feel like they would have. So I think it wasn't really worth it to them. Yeah. And I think 2019 proved that Kyle Lowry can be the third best third best player on a championship team um, if you surround him with the two – the two better players around them and the Celtics have that in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I think that would have been a good fit. It just would have been a hard haul to get it to get those salaries to match too. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of wanted to bounce around the NBA and the Lakers injuries. Do you think that this can really hamper their momentum going into the playoffs? Because I know the Lakers are kind of just a team that they just need to get in and they'll be fine. If they kind of rest up, I think, but they're, they slipped from four to five in the past couple of weeks. LeBron, his ankle injury is kind of down to about three weeks' timetable, and AD still doesn't have a timetable to return. So, like, what do you think happens with the Lakers kind of going forward? So their, their meekness and their quiet, how quiet they've been about AD has, is frightening. It is, it's terrible. If I'm a Laker fan, I'm I'm shaking at night. I can't sleep. I'm going to work the next day, chugging Red Bulls all day long, trying to stay awake, just because yeah. I'm so scared of the playoffs that Anthony Davis is not going to be there. Because if Anthony Davis isn't there, and I said this on the podcast, if Le- a LeBron-led team with uh, they just signed Drummond, right? They've got yeah. uh, you know they've got KCP, they've got Caruso. They've got Kuzma. They have the players for LeBron to lead them to a finals, maybe, probably, right? Yeah. Anthony Davis, but I mean, 4 0 to the Nets. 4 0. Yeah, I think it'll be really tough against the Nets because LeBron would probably guard KD, maybe. And then. well, let's not even get that far yet. Let's sit, let's stick in the West. If they don't have AD, do they beat the Nuggets? I think they beat the Nuggets. Seven games. 
Yeah, I just think Jamal Murray that, has that would be the he, first round matchup right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, that'd be wild. But I think Jamal Murray, if he can stay hot, then I think Denver has a really good chance. But he's had he had that insane bubble run where he had like back to back fifty pieces. But I mean, sometimes he has the occasional twelve point game where he can't really isn't really producing much. Jokic. Versus Drummond, I think that would be a hell of a matchup, but I think Jokic takes that all day. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting. And LeBron's, like, I think worth two of Denver's players because LeBron is just, he's the king, right? Yeah. So I do think the Lakers would, like, close him out in, like, six or seven. Just I think it would just be the LeBron effect. But I think, I mean, like, the Clippers gave him trouble. The Jazz is really well built this year. Donovan Mitchell is playing out of his mind right now, and I think the Mike Conley trade is really paying off for them. Mike Conley, I think he was just so accustomed to playing a certain type of pick and roll for like yeah. 15 years, and now he's like, oh, this is a different kind of, kind of pick and roll. I just need to yeah. throw it up. Like, I don't need to throw yeah. it into the post. I just need to throw it up, and yeah. nobody's got it. He's, and yeah. That team's still starting to gel. I like the Jazz. Yeah, I think the Jazz is a very interesting team. And like you said, the Suns. And DeAndre Ayton's really coming to his own. Chris Paul's obviously taking that team to the next level. So the Lakers, man, if they can, hopefully, if they get AD back, LeBron, when he comes back, I think they'll... LeBron is obviously, I think, the guy. But AD just, like, brings him from here to, like, here. Yeah, you know, that's that's why LeBron recruited him there. Yeah, so... It'll be interesting to see, but yeah, and uh, we've talked about the Suns if they're or not the Suns. We've talked about the Nets and if they're built. You know, Durant is to return the night mm-hmm. this episode drops, which is good for my fantasy team because he's been sitting on my IR for sure. since like March seventh, yeah, or yeah. no, not March seventh for like like February. Like yeah. he's just been chilling there. So that's good. That would let, let him do it. Yeah, I mean, like, the Nets don't need him. They're going to play him, like, every three games. Just because, like, I mean, why and, play an injured player? And Harden has built somewhat of an, of an MVP case of oh, in KD's absence. He's doing the same thing he did in Houston, and he still needs to worry about other players having the ball. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's got He's not? leading leading the league in, in assists, and he has, I think, 40 more assists in second place. Yeah, it's it's absurd. So we've touched on the Nets multiple times. We don't think they're overhyped. It's it's championship or bust with the Nets, clearly. But the Suns being number two in the West, are they contenders or pretenders? Because they've proved in the regular season by securing the two, but do you think they can really get to the finals and compete with teams like the Lakers, Nuggets, and Jazz? So I think it completely depends on DeAndre Ayton's ability or his ceiling rather on the defensive end in, in the playoffs. If he defend efficiently in the playoffs, and I think the Suns can go as far. I think they can go to the finals. I think they could go with with an uh, unhealthy Lakers team. They can get past a LeBron-led Lakers team. Really? Yeah. Hey, well, DeAndre, Ayton, DeAndre Ayton is an absolute baller, but he's it's too inconsistent on defense. Yeah, yeah. If you can kind of clean that up, then for sure. I mean, but they've got they've got ballers. I mean, Dario Saric has been there. Uh, Corey Craig, he's a he's a scoring machine. 
Javion Carter, he's been in the G League for about 50 years now, just lighting up the G League. He's finally made his way to the NBA. Mikel Bridges, he's I think this is this is second year, right? And he's really matured in the NBA. And then a veteran in Jay Crowder. Yeah. So I yeah, I think the Suns can really if they can gel at this right time, then for sure I think they can really compete in the West. But um moving on to I think even with his injury can still win rookie of the year. That's LaMelo Ball. Yeah. The Hornets are currently where are they? Sixth in the East. And I think the East is very wide open. Do you think this can kind of halt their playoff hopes? Because, I mean, Hayward, I really think, is playing to his contract. He was getting a lot of heat for the contract he signed. I mean, like, Gordon Hayward's not going to sign that, so they were more giving the heat to the Hornets. But do you think this can, the Lamella ball injury, do you think that can really uh, stall them? I do be I do I do say that because only the four seed and the uh, let's see here the ten seed are spread by five games, so I mean the Hornets in a in a freak injury to Gordon Hayward where he twists his ankle and misses two weeks. I mean they they can go from five to eleven very very quickly, and the Pacers can take that spot, or the Celtics can can go on a run and and win seven out of 10 games and, you know, automatically be in the four seed again. So I think missing a player like LaMelo Ball, especially who was really coming into his own, really finding a good rhythm in the NBA, in the professional, uh, finding you know, the pr- pr- professional speed or pace of play, I guess you could say, uh, he was really looking phenomenal. No, he was, he fit in right away. He didn't have any sort of, rookie hiccups he was doing everything he could coming off the bench early and then once he kind of got comfortable he's just playing like he was at home like like he was in high school like he's making the flashy passes mm-hmm. he was doing everything it was so fun to watch him play so i think his injury was a little um better than expected but no it's going to be really exciting to kind of hopefully see him back but yeah i think it's like kind of how you said how wide open the East is like not really spread by a ton of points and stuff. And I mean, the Hawks, yeah, they jumped a ton of spots there in fourth. Now they weren't yeah. a, f- a couple of weeks ago. So anything can happen. And the same with the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics are my favorite team or Jason Tatum is, is my favorite player right now. Uh, I guess you could say, and it's like they're in eighth place. They're an under 500 team, but they have two superstars in Jason, or at least all stars. You could call them. You could argue if they're superstars or not. I mean, Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So what's wrong with them? Are they end up making the playoffs? Are they the eighth seed right now? I believe Celtics are seventh seed, and yeah, the Knicks yeah. are eight. But okay. yeah, I mean, it's gonna be. They're really cutting it close. And I really think looking at all the teams, taking everything into account, Celtics are the most disappointing team. But I think they'll make playoffs. Yeah, I think that I think the losing of or I think the waving of Jeff 
trading of Jeff Teague and bringing in Evan Fournier, I think that that's going to have a lot to do with the the flow or maybe the feel or the vibe of the locker room. Maybe maybe just something was off. I don't know. It's just it just doesn't make much sense when you have so much talent coached by such elite mind and Brad Stevens, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I. I think they're all, like they're just getting in their own way. If they can just figure it out, then I think it's gonna they're gonna burst down the doors and kind of make go on a little run here. And if they do, they'll easily be the four seed. No, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Celtics do. So that kind of wraps up my NBA points. So I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you a couple questions. What are who are your winners and losers of the NBA trade deadline? Um, obviously the winners got to be the Heat. Uh, yeah, Pat Riley bringing in Oladipo. Basically nothing. I mean Avery Bradley has he played this season? Kelly Olynyk, sure. I mean he's going to give you a playoff moment, uh, maybe, and he's going to knock down a big three, get a big steal, a big game in you know the semifinals. But and to bring in a guy like Oladipo who was so undervalued. I think they're the definite, definite winners. As far as losers, um, I don't know. Let me hear your loser. So, trying to think about it, I think Houston, because they didn't really. No, not Houston. I've got one for you. I'm going to say New Orleans. I'm going to say the Pelicans and David Griffin down there. Okay. And, you know, and they did ship out JJ Redick and they did ship out, um, uh, I just pronounced his name in in a Spanish accent earlier. Now I can't remember it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't can't remember. He did ship them out, but there was so much talk about Lonzo Ball getting shipped out in such a so many, I've heard go crazy deals that were offered for Lonzo Ball. Yeah, I've heard a ton. Yeah, and uh, I think the Pelicans were real. Uh, I don't want to call them losers for not taking that or not, you know, biting on that. Maybe they believe in Lonzo Ball more than I do. But right now, they're a spot out of the out of the playoffs, playoff even bubble. I mean, they're out of they're in the 11th behind the Warriors and the Spurs, and 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 getting ahead of the Warriors and Spurs and Grizzlies is no easy task. The Kings right behind you. No, hundred percent. I I also think um, 76ers should have kind of acquired an like another piece to really make a threat for the East because I think they need a bit more. I know Joel Embiid's performing at an MVP level, and he, I think he was the deciding MVP before he got hurt. I think they, if they kind of get a, another piece to go along with Tobias Harris, kind of make their own big four, then I think they can make a bit more of a run. But I heard they were very, I heard they were very, 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 very disappointed that Blake Griffin did not with them. Really? Yeah, because yeah. Blake Griffin said that there's like a few teams he was um, deciding, but. I mean, if the Nets yeah. offer you a contract, then it's kind of hard to say no to them, right? I'd pick KD over Ben Simmons, but that's just me. I think a lot of people would pick KD over Ben Simmons. 
Because like we said earlier, he doesn't have the pressure on him, right? And I think, I mean, there's a lot of media going to Brooklyn, but he's not he's not the guy everyone's relying on. Like yeah, if you go to Philly, yeah, Philly. If he would have, if either of those guys would have went to Philly, they would have been instantly the third best player. They would have instantly had all the pressure to try and beat the Brooklyn Nets, which is an impossible task, I think, anyway. With or with Marcus Aldridge or or Blake Griffin, if we have a healthy Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving, and a Joe Harris, it's just it's too much. Yeah. Um. I'll hop off the nets. The nets stick now. My bad. <laughs> All good. One thing. So, what is a team that is not in the playoffs? You can either take the play-in or just the one to eight. I'm looking for one to eight. What is a team not in the playoffs that you think will end up making the playoffs? And then you can kind of just tell the team that you think they're going to take their place. Hmm. So let's say the let's say the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans are going to find their way to the playoffs. I think Stan Van Gundy is going to get that team into a well-oiled machine come playoff time. And I think they're going to take the Grizzlies' place. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to stay healthy enough. All right. I like that. I think Zion's playing at an absolute elite level this year. And every Wanda, single game, it's like 28 yeah. and 13. Yeah, it's it's absurd. It's absurd. I think Pelicans are very well built. Um, I think that with the Anthony Davis trade, I think it really put him in a good position, especially with Ingram, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball. Just mm-hmm. like a really young core, and I think it fits well with Zion. But and Steven Adams there too, bringing in Steve Adams, and they're still trying to figure out lineups with that, and that's complicated, man. But to bring in Adams, and now you're pretty much playing Zion, Zion at the three, and Brandon Ingram at the two. Sometimes things yeah. get confusing out there in, down there in New Orleans, but it's 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 Louisiana, so I mean, yeah, you never know. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Bulls, or. I think Bulls and Pacers are going to end up making the playoffs, and I think the Hornets and I think the Hawks are going to slip out. But so you, Are you saying the Knicks are going to make the playoffs? I mean, I think if, like you said, I mean, like five to – like four or five to 11, it's like completely wide open. But, yeah, I think the Knicks will kind of battle their way in. I think they're going to be a team that will like bounce in and out. You know, like this week they slipped out, but then next week they're eighth, and then they're seventh, and then they're ninth, and then they're whatever. And I think they're going to end up at a good time. They're going to end up in the playoffs. But I think I know exactly how it's going to happen. I'm already envisioning it. A 4 0 sweep to the Nets. It's going to be embarrassing. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be a sad, sad day. (laughs) The Battle of the Borough. It's going to be very embarrassing in the first round of playoffs. It's going to sell a hell of a lot of tickets, though. Are they going to sell tickets for the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, they're allowing, yeah, they're allowing fans. You just need three days prior to the event. You need to test negative. And I've I've got tickets to a Rangers game later this month, and I saw they were at full capacity which is gave me a little anxiety yeah no for sure that's cool yeah so 
Kyler, on this show, we do a little segment at the end of every episode called Time for the Press. People send in mm. questions, and we answer them on the fly. This last week, Emma sent in a question, and that's Emma Houghton. She's one half of the Did You Hear podcast, who was a guest on this show not too long ago. She sent in a question saying, "What is, why does everyone hate so much on Drummond? They get on him so much. He's a constant elite rebounder in the league. He's a good bot, big body in the paint. Why is he hated on so much? I think it's it's become the Dwight Howard effect. I mean, it's so we've Dwight Howard was the." I mean, him and Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, they were the three, three best players in 2008 and 2009, 2010, you know, in that era when he led them to the to the finals. Then when players started shooting more threes and more threes and more threes and longer rebounds started to become more the thing and more transition points and more teams getting out and running and your center is just not getting back to get those defensive rebounds, the team is getting the rebounds now. And now we're not lacking on that. And now we're lacking in the three-point department because we have a seven-foot – center out there who who's getting you know 15 rebounds a game but he's only scoring 11 points and yeah. i think it's un, it's unfair drummond has gotten as much hate as he as he as he has but i think joining a team like the lakers where he has absolutely zero pressure to score i think i think it's the best thing for his career no i wholeheartedly agree on that i i think he just doesn't provide enough outside of rebounding like you said he He's a double-double machine, right? Constantly, but yeah, he's only getting 12 points a game, and his field goal percentage isn't insane. So if you're going to be in the paint and you're going to be getting fouled that much and you start converting more on at the line in order to be give people a reason not to foul you, you know? Or stretch it out, or stretch out your ability to shoot the three ball. Yeah, exactly. So I, just, I think he needs to provide a bit more than rebounding. Rebounding is awesome on the defensive end and offensive end but i think you need to kind of provide a bit more like you need to be a more viable option to get a bucket and i think he's just there to kind of get the ball Mm -hmm. and yeah but that's just my opinion another question and this has been a big 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 topic in the world of sports especially NBA and that's Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport mm. and my good friend Brandon Goff he's been a guest on this show multiple times covering NHL and he's a good guy give him a follow on Instagram at bgoff underscore 73 KD got a small pee whack for his DMs to Michael Rappaport most would have got fired from those job from their jobs for that. Why didn't he? And I think that's basically just because he's KD. I think he's kind of, um, what's the word? Um, invincible, I guess. Like he can kind of, unless it's like severely racist it's... or, I mean, what he said was really derogatory. But what are your thoughts on the whole KD situation? And we'll kind of answer Brandon's question. So, first off, I'm going to defend KD, of course, because my initials are KD. Uh, anytime you go against Mike Rappaport, you are the you you automatically win. 
So you, congratulations, Katie. You win because you just you're going against Michael Rappaport. He he's never won anything in his life. So uh, Michael Rappaport is is an absolute life lifelong loser. Um, and for him to first of all sue Dave Portnoy for defamation, not yeah. a good idea. Yeah, not a good idea at all. And for the and for them to allow for those defamation tapes to come out, a worse idea. Yeah. And I mean, the DMs were just hilarious from KD. Obviously, derogatory comments are, you know, never encouraged. And, you know, he had to apologize for that. But it, I think that's even the softer thing. I think people complaining about the DMs, complaining about him, him, you know, calling him a PAB, whatever he did. I think that's even softer than, than the DMs. No, it's a very crazy situation i don't think it was necessarily ideal for katie to do that it was it doesn't necessarily give him the best look he's a he's a sensitive guy and that's okay to admit in yeah. 2021 that's okay to admit i think it you maybe tone it down a bit but i mean well, he, well, do you want to give do you want to move on another burner <laughs> just don't just make sure to switch accounts first you know what i mean yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, most people would kind of get gassed and i mean everyone's kind of comparing it to the myers leonard but i think leonard's was a lot worse because he said um, a really like racial yeah. slur and it was like it was terrible katie wasn't on that level i know katie's yeah. your guy but I, K's wasn't at all like that. Basically, his was a situation where he said something that happens all the time, and then Rappaport kind of twisted the words or like the uh, severity of right. it. But I mean, what KD did I, is quite um, very unprofessional. Wow. Yeah, very, very unprofessional, unprofessional for sure. But also, uh, I mean. And and not to even um, like you said, Myers Leonard, what he did. And there's a reason a team has not picked him up. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a viable NBA center. He's a, he's a viable center for any playoff team in the league. But there's a reason no team has picked him up. I mean, you you don't say things like that. Yeah. But Kevin Durant was talking to Mike Rappaport in Mike Rappaport's DMs. That's a Mike Rappaport for posting the DMs. No, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Kyler, this was a ton of fun. I really appreciate you for coming on. Um, this is the time of the show where you can kind of tag whatever you're working on, tag your show, yeah, yeah. tag your social media. This is your time to shine, buddy. Yeah, follow me at Kyler012 on Twitter. Uh, follow the podcast page um, at Sports BYBP. Um, just search Burst Your Bubble on Twitter and it'll be there. Um, we post probably about two episodes a week. We try to, we try and focus on, you know, all the sports and current news, but we also try and have on as many guests in the sports world as possible. Uh, last week we had, we had on Phil Forte. Uh, next week we're working on getting on Kevin Jones. Um, so we just try and not only focus on the sports side of things, but focus on the whole profile of the person and, you know, figure out how they got there, why they got there, what led them there. Um, things like that so that's what we love to do and so like i said just follow me at color 012 and you'll see all that there 
How did you get the Burster Bubble name? Just kind of catch. I think I think yeah. I think Josh and I just kind of just kind of thought of it one day. Yeah, just kind of catch your name. It's yeah. Kind of say constantly like, hey man, not not to burst your bubble, but I think you're wrong. And I was like, hey, do you know what? It's a good name for. Well, it was kind of it was kind of like the process too. It's like because when you're trying to pick out a podcast name, it's like we'll search it first to see if there's any other ones. And there was only one other podcast named Burst Your Bubble. And it was like, it's like about feminism and about like, it's about, it's about a bunch of stuff. We were like, well, we can, we could probably compete with them. They only have like 30 ratings. Yeah. We're, we're better. We're better than them now. So we're good. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I, my podcast wasn't named this. It was named the healthy scratch podcast. I recorded two episodes and then I found out that there's another current sports podcast with that name so i had to go in post-production record a new intro nice and then edit it into the episode and then yeah so it was it was a yeah it was an absolute nightmare that's least to say it but anyways yeah go follow my guy kyler you guys know where to follow me at jevin.lefave on instagram at jevin.lefave on twitter follow the podcast on twitter and instagram at left side heavy underscore and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. I might do a little contest coming up. Just got to get mm-hmm. that paycheck coming in. But I'll uh, keep you guys noted for that. So keep an eye out for that. Leave a rating and review. And Kyler, again, Dude. thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our next collab. Dude, it's been a blast. You're going to be on Burst Your Bubble ASAP. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. You have a good night. And we'll see you guys next time.